0: nice little talk tonight, and uh, jump into the things of God, and enjoy the good milk of the Word of God, hallelujah, even the meaty barbecue of God's Word, praise God, I want to extend a warm welcome to everybody that drove uh, all the way to be here tonight, I see people from out of state, and uh, various states actually in the live service tonight, and I, I even believe we have somebody that traveled all the way from California, drove Praise God. Yes, I see the hand up back there in the back. Drove all the way from California. Didn't fly. Drove. Praise God. Amen. We have people from Maryland, people from Texas and so forth, and our local guest as well. Praise God. And so nice that we have you watching as well. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. As we gather around the altar of the Lord, I'm happy tonight. Happy in my spirit. Praise the Lord. Glory can we just pray in the spirit for a moment tonight hallelujah right where you're at watching just pray in the spirit glory glory be happy tonight be free tonight relax let the lord make a way tonight for you There may be trouble in the world, but God can remove trouble out of your life. Hallelujah. Make your life stress-free, make you happy. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we ask tonight as we go into your word that your Holy Spirit would have liberty and freedom to express through me, your servant, what would be on your heart tonight, O God, what you would say to your people to the body of Christ, the body of Christ here in America, and even the global body, oh God, as we thank you, we thank you, oh God, that when you speak, we we thank you that it goes around the world. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Tonight, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 8, as I just mentioned, and we'll take off from verse 1. It says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe. That you may live and multiply. I think it's important for you to know tonight, wrapping up the old year, going into the new, which will be there in just a few hours. That God already has your multiplication on His mind. Praise God. God wants to see you increase, and of course, go in and possess the land of which the Lord your, uh, excuse me, the Lord swore to your fathers. There is a possession for you to take. Praise God. Verse two. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. Sometimes these times can be tough, Uh, sometimes the desert experience, we wish it could be over sooner, but there are certain things about our life that God requires us to go through. There are times when you can't take a shortcut. There are times when you're not allowed an exit. Uh, there are times you wish you wish the rapture could just take place right then, right now. But for some reason, God didn't push the red button just yet. So you're still here. All of this is for your development and, of course, for mine as well. Hallelujah. So we rejoice in the test and in the trials. It's in these periods We find out what's in us. God already knows, but I think he gets a kick out of us discovering who we are in the mirror of the word. Hallelujah. Verse 3, so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. Well, that will certainly bring a humbling real quick when you run into things that are bigger than you have the ability to solve praise god. You know, if you ever find yourself in a place like that, it's really not the devil, it's actually God. And I need to let you know it's not bad, it's good. Hallelujah. I got one hmm somewhere over there in the middle. <laughs> praise God. But it's still the Lord who who delights in this experience of us really learning in life that there are some things that are bigger than us. That there are some things that Uh, No matter how strong you think you are that unless God comes in nothing's ever going to change and it can honestly it can be very very humbling to admit that we are not as strong as we think we are. We're not as intelligent as we think we are. We're not as smooth or sophisticated as we think we are and you bump up against this thing that's called God. And he's like, I'm here anytime you want me to help you, but long as you keep on trekking your way. <laughs> you know what? It can be a very, very humbling experience, especially when you run out of food. How about that one? When you don't even know where your next meal is going to be at, and, you know, you're out in the middle of a desert with three million of your neighbors, and there's no grocery store. And you're just like, when is this going to be over with? And God doesn't let you get out of it. And it keeps going on. Another day of waking up, and you're, tr- you're thinking, you know what? This, another situation, when is this going to end? Praise God. It's all for the purposes of God, and it's all the end result for the glory of God. Can you say yes? yes. Hallelujah. Now, He does it that He might make you know. Sometimes we don't know it, so He'll have to make us know it that we shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So you could be hungry. You can be in a place where you can almost be on the edge of going into frustration. And this is development. Will you learn to hold your peace? Will you learn to hold the character of Christ? And I'd be the first to say I haven't always done it. Will you learn to stay in the presence of the Lord, or you would get over in the flesh and get frustrated? Praise God. And so, God allows us to see ourselves through these experiences. Lord, where's the food at? God says, trust me, I'll bring the food. Well, I'd like for you to bring it, uh, uh, you know, because my, my stomach's starting to growl. And that's what they would go through in the wilderness, and it's this development period. And you learn this walk with the Lord, whether it's food or many other things in life that really you you need hallelujah it reminds me of the story of a man of God who's now gone on to be with the Lord in heaven a great minister of the gospel who understood the ways of God understood the walk of God that sometimes God doesn't bring what you need until you actually need it and you wish you could have it in advance you wish sometimes that you could just get a a vacation from this faith walk but for some reason sometimes God extends these experiences why that you may learn that you don't live by McDonald's or Domino's or Taco Bell. You don't even live by your employer or your boss or the paycheck. You live by the word that comes out of God's mouth. Amen. And this preacher having served the Lord for many years found himself he found himself again in England preaching and when he arrived at his destination He was supposed to minister the next day, but when he got to the city, he was going to speak in, uh, as far as just arriving there, the bus dropped him off very, very late at night, and he had his, uh, he had a suitcase, and it was too late to get a hotel, this was uh, several decades back, and he said, Lord, he said, everything's closed, he said, "I, I can't contact anybody, and he said, I, I'm stuck, and I'm walking around this city that I don't even know, and I don't even have a place to sleep at. But he said, Lord, I know you've got a bed for me somewhere. He said, Lord, now this is midnight. This is midnight. The city shut down. And he says, Lord, where's my bed? Right? And it's midnight, right? And he's in a city, and he knows nobody. And he says, Lord, where's my bed? And the word of the Lord came to him saying, your bed is at the next left at the end. At the end, he thought, well, this should be interesting. You, you take these things from God come to you, and there, there, there is a line where this is either God or, or somebody was smoking something, and I accidentally inhaled it, and now I'm hallucinating. That can happen in California and in Colorado and these places where there's a lot of things in the air, hallelujah, uh, that, that are not wholesome for your lungs, praise God, or good for your mind. Nevertheless, he, he goes ahead, sees the next left. The next left is an alley. He walks down the alley. There's no lights in the alley. And he gets to that where the alley deads end. It deads in at the end. And there, strangely enough and bizarrely enough, is a bus parked there. The kind of bus that would be like, you know, like what a rock band would travel in, or, you know, like a country Western star will travel in. There's a bus parked there. And the Lord says, There's your bed. He goes, no, Lord, you won't do stuff like that. That's crazy stuff. And he said instantly, the moment he thought that, it came to him when the Lord said, there's, there's a donkey. It's actually a colt. Nobody's ever even rode on it before and go get it. And if anybody says anything, just say, the Lord has need of it. And he said that instantly came to him. So he said, well, Lord, he said, you obviously had a a cult reserved for you. This is what you have reserved for me. And he said, he said, I'll just check it out. He goes up to the door and pushes on it and it's unlocked. And he goes in, walks up the steps on this bus, goes all the way to the back. And there's a bed with blankets folded up. And he lays down, covers himself up with blankets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and fell asleep, woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, made up the blankets, put everything back nice and neat, walked off the bus, and went about his business for the day. Huh, see, but see, sometimes these things, you're just like, Lord, please, this is, you are stretching me in ways that are not comfortable for me. Lord, I don't like stuff like this. I like a reservation at the hotel, and I, I, I've got to get out of this wilderness. This is too humbling. It's so, being in need is very, very humbling. And God sometimes, not the devil, sometimes God puts you in places where your only hope is really you have to lean on him and listen to his voice. You get in places like that, you cannot afford to make a mistake. And he'll teach you so good because if you make the slightest, sometimes you're just hanging by a thread. Sometimes your nose is barely above water and you know you cannot afford to mess up in, not even in a small area. And the Lord's thinking, I got him right where I want him so close to me, listening to everything. Woo, praise the Lord. I had left a meeting one time when we were traveling the nation by motorhome and ministering in many different churches, and I I had left a certain meeting, and it was a good meeting, but I I left the meeting frustrated in, in two ways. Number one, I had ministered in the church, and God had touched some people, and there was a great anointing, and I felt like it had got wasted, like the Lord wanted to pour out, but just a little bit got poured out, and when I walked out of the service with the pastor, I looked out on a field that the church owned, and I saw, I saw young people. I saw about three times the young people as I did inside the church. I said, who are all these young people? He said, that's my youth group. I said, what in the world was a youth group out in the church service for? I said, I could have gotten every single one of those young people filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying, like, this is something I do. This is something God does through me. I'm just saying, I'm good at that. If you have, Why didn't you bring them to the service? Oh, I never thought about that. And they're just out there goofing off, goofed off the whole night, didn't even come to the service. It just it was like a goof-off night for them. And I'm like, why didn't you get him in the service? And he, he thought it was, like, no big deal, no big deal to get baptized in the Spirit I'm like well for me it was life changing and it was just, uh, so I was I was, the holy spirit was grieved inside of me so I left the meeting grieved and I also left the meeting uh, somewhat disappointed in the sense that he he didn't prepare for the for me to come he didn't prepare prayerfully, but he also did not prepare in the sense that let's make sure we take care of the man of God because he does his full time for living and he's got a family, so we should give him something that would at least cover his budget for the week. Well, it it maybe covered the budget for like 20 minutes, and that, that was it. So... Here we go, back out on the road. and I, I, I'm driving a full-length, you know, Class A motorhome. And this is not like I'm driving a little Toyota Prius. I can't fill it up with $8 of gas. This thing takes a lot of fuel. And so I, I, leave, I leave the meeting, and I'm just thinking, well, I, I hardly got anything out of, the, out of the offering. And, you know, it's already been spent just getting a few of the basics that we need and stuff like that. I said, Lord, I don't even know if I've got enough gas to get to the next meeting. These things are so humbling. They're so uncomfortable, but they're so good for us. This is when you learn God. <laughs> this is when you learn to listen uh, to the Lord. And uh, I, just, I just kept driving, watching the gas gauge go lower and lower. And I don't have any more money. Kelly doesn't have any stink. There's no cookie jar stashed anywhere in the motorhome. And uh, we just drove and we drove. And I, I eventually said, I've got to pull over. If I don't pull over, I am literally going to run out of gas. I, I actually think I was running on fumes. So I pulled over and uh, came into a gas station. And you know you've cut it really close when the needle is below the E. Right? Because you think, okay, there probably are. I can run in a little bit on fumes. But when you're below E, you you can't drive comfortably. You're nervous. You're perspiring. You're thinking, oh, Lord. And I I said, I can't can't go another mile. I'm going to have a stress attack. i got to pull over and relax. So I pulled over, pulled up to the gas station. I've told the story before, but I could see the attendant, the gas station attendant look out the window, and, you know, obviously see me pull up, you know, because mainly just cars around, and I pull up with this big motor home, and, and I'm thinking, I have no money, I have no credit card, I, 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 have, I have nothing, to I, I said, Lord, I, I mean, what do, what, what do I do, and I, I just felt stay calm, stay calm, wait for the word of the Lord to come, and the word that came to me was just be still and wait. Some things you have to fight and contend in faith for. When I say fight, I'm talking about the fight of faith. Other things, God just says, you don't have to fight this battle. Just, just sit down and relax. And I'm like, well, Lord, this feels really weird sitting down and relaxing. I mean, is, is the gas going to, co- like, come out itself and fill up the tank somehow? I mean, are you going like, transfer it over? <laughs> I didn't know what to do. And Kelly just kind of looked at me, and she was just waiting for me to get some insight from headquarters. And so she went to the back and helped Abigail with her homeschool at that time because that's how we did school. She was homeschooled while we traveled. And so I sat there, and my, my cell phone rang. And it was, a, it was, of all people, it was a ministry partner in California. And she said, um, said Stephen, um, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm just driving around, preaching and uh, things like that. Just, you know, I'm about the Lord's business. She said, that's wonderful. She said, you know, I was just praying, and I just sensed like, like you needed some money. I said, praise God. You did. How about that? Praise the Lord. She said, yes. She said, I want you to know that I've got an envelope with the check-in, and I'm going to take it right now, and I'm going to put it in the mail. I said, God bless your heart. Praise the Lord. I said, you know what? I really do believe that you pray, and God answers prayers. And I said, would you perhaps do me a small favor? She said, well, what could I do? I said, "Instead, instead of you taking that to the post office and mailing it, could you get in your car and drive as fast as you can and take the cash? And don't do a check. Take cash and deposit it in my bank, in my account. She said, yeah, I can do that. I said, good. I said, grab a pen and a paper. Here's my, uh, here's my bank. Here's my account number, which is why we have B of A because they're all over the nation. And you can't get some little local bank because then nobody, you, can't, you can't go anywhere else when you travel. So I, and so she went there, she went there, and, and she said, I'll take care of it. So while she's doing that, I just go out and start cleaning the windows on the motor home. You know, cleaned all the windows and cleaned the wheels and stuff like that. And uh, still no gas, no gas or anything like that. And she called me back in about, oh, 17 minutes. She said, she said Stephen, the, the cash is in your, your account. It's good now. You can use it now. I said, praise the Lord. I said, sister, you are such a blessing. Hallelujah to me. And uh, of course, as unto the Lord. And I said, I appreciate that. She hung up the phone and I got out of the motorhome, took my ATM card, which now should have money in it. And I put it in the thing. and went right through. Praise God. I, fill, I filled the whole tank up, and then to it off, I topped it off. I went inside the gas station, bought a Dr. Pepper, bought a whole thing of Cheez-Its and uh, beef turkey and all the things that you shouldn't eat that clog up your arteries, praise God, and got back in the motor home, and I was on the way to the next meeting. But, you know, things like that, you just like, God, th- th- please stop doing these things to me. But, but the Lord's trying to say, you don't live by by trust in this or faith in this you live by trust and faith in me and i'll always take care of you now the lord does give breathing room it's not like you can maybe like just do that over and over again and at the same time if there were grace you could if you need it to because who knows what's going to happen in the end times and there needs to be a reliance really upon the lord should anything else that would be naturally stable go down we have no need to panic because the Lord is well able to take care of us, even if He has to feed us with manna. It's no big deal. He's done it before. And He could do it again. Praise God. So God has the ability to take care of us. But my friends, it's very, very important to understand this statement. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. So what we have here is a proceeding it's going out. In other words, God right now is still speaking. Did you know that? He is still speaking today. And that's why I'm going to stand here tonight and in just a moment I'm going to share with you the prophetic word that I believe God has given me to encourage you for the year 2018. But as you and I both know, I cannot give you last year's word. Why? Because last year's word preceded then, and what's proceeding out of the mouth of the Lord now is a different word. Why? Because you're in a different season in your life. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. 1993 was a good year, but I can't go back and get the tape and replicate that and just refeed you that again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, it's all, it's, it's all the word of the Lord, right? But it's different between what is he saying now? What is proceeding out of his mouth right now at this moment? And that's what we want to pick up on Uh, Tonight, because really, you live by the preceding word. You govern your life. The way you structure your life and the things that you do and what it is that you pursue, you structure that and go after what God says now, what's coming out of His mouth now, not 1942. Yes, it was a great year, but what is He saying now? Praise God. See, You'll never get in trouble in the military if you always obey the most recent current word. If a general comes and gives you an instruction three weeks ago, he gives you this instruction and you're following it, but last night... A, a, another superior came to you and gave you a different word. You must go with your superior's most recent word. Well, what happens if that general comes back and finds out I'm not doing what he told me to do? You'll never get in trouble because your other superior gave you the most recent current word. And who's to know if he didn't get that from the general? So that's how it works. You follow the most recent command from your superior, and you'll be okay. See, even with, with David when he was king... Before going into battle, he would inquire of the Lord. Lord, how do you want us to do this one? Because this is like a chess game. We can attack all different types of ways. Sometimes the Lord would say, attack, frontal assault. Go at them straight on. Uh, it doesn't matter if they see you coming. Just bring it right onto them. And then another, another battle. David would pray, Lord, what's the plan? Are we going to hit them just like last time? No. David, this time, go around the rear. They're not even expecting it. They won't even know you're coming. Come up from the rear and attack from the rear. See, it is the preceding word that you follow. God did not make us to be robots. God did not make us to be like, we're just stuck in this. This is what we do. This is what we do. If you do that, the glory cloud will move. And if you don't move with it, now suddenly you've you've lost your air conditioning. You're out in the desert with no air conditioning. That's what the cloud was. It was protection because the blistering sun in any desert will just burn your skin alive. But you get under the cloud, you got it made in the shade. Do you see the difference? Praise God. But you move with the cloud. You move with the preceding word. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want you to tell the person next to you, tonight, I plan on hearing the preceding word. Hmm. Tell the person on the other side, tonight God's going to say something to you. Hallelujah. And those of you that are watching by internet, right where you're at, the Holy Spirit will be speaking to your heart, revealing to you the deep things of God. Get ready, because the preceding word is going to come right into your belly, right into your most inward man. Hallelujah. And you will be infused with the knowledge of God, of what God would say to you in this hour. Praise God. Let us go over very briefly one more time to Matthew chapter 4. This is similar, but I just want to touch this before we jump into uh, tonight's main content material. Matthew chapter 4, praise God. Lord, we give you praise tonight. And you can just come on down to verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, This is, of course, Jesus speaking to the devil in the temptation. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. Now, that word is very important to understand. It's still proceeding. I know the canon of Scripture is complete, but God still speaks. Whether it's where your next meal is coming from, whether this is how you fill up the gas tank, or this is where you lay your head at tonight, God is still speaking. And it says here, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Now, when it says word in the Greek, it is not logos. Logos is the entire word of God. But what it says word here in the Greek, it is the word rhema, R-H-E-M-A. That means a living word. What is a living word? It's my definition of what God's saying right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In 2018, it's a new season in your life, a new time for your life. What does that mean? It's time for God to talk to you. Hallelujah. (laughs) Now, any time that word comes to you, it builds faith. Any time you hear from God, it builds faith. I remember one time years back, it was it was right on the cusp of new year's eve this was years ago i was i found myself in in tulsa oklahoma and it was in the afternoon that night was going to be new year's eve it was the afternoon and i just i had so many challenges i was still traveling on the road full time and uh, i still felt like and a little bit like we were the Israelites crossing through the desert, where the scorpions, the snakes, the the the, the rainstorm, almost anything could go, you know, the enemy surprise. And I mean, I, I would drive this motor home and the fuse would break. I would drive this motor home and, and something would go wrong with the fuel pump. I would drive the motor home and, and then wake up in the morning and, and find out that it just wasn't able to handle the winter conditions and something else had broken or something like that. I mean stuff was coming at me always from all the different directions and I just I just felt like Lord I just uh, I, I, I just feel like I need a break. I need I need I need your strength. I need your strength. I felt I felt weak. So I did in some and in a case like that you have to do something very spiritual. I was at my my uh, my oldest daughter's house so I decided to do something very spiritual. My oldest daughter and Kelly and and Abigail and all the others, they were out doing something. I was at the house by myself, so I did something deeply spiritual. I turned on ESPN2 and I watched the world's strongest man. I don't know why. Sometimes you just want to do something mundane where you don't really have to think. You don't have to exercise this. You can just sit there and watch and think, that's just really cool. <laughs> so these big, these big men would lift these mighty weights and, and th- they had this one man that he was going to do the deadlift and he was going to attempt to lift this, you know, Herculean type lift and he takes the wrist wraps and they're wrapped around his wrist and they're wrapped to the bar and with all of his might and muscles bulging, uh, a man that was probably three times my size, he begins to lift, and he pulls, and he pulls, and he pulls so hard, the, the wrist wraps snapped, and they, they broke, and the weight fell to the ground, and right then, Kelly and all the others pulled back into the driveway. And I turned the TV off. I I didn't want them to know I was watching something so uh, unspiritual. Praise God. No, I'm just joking. I I didn't care. But I just felt like I need to quickly turn to the Word. God wants to speak to me. And I opened up the Scriptures, and there it seemed like a verse just lifted up off the pages of the Bible in 3D. And it was basically a verse. I'm going to paraphrase it to you. It's like I have broken the strap. I have broken the bond. And it just all came off of me. It all came off of me. Any fear about this that i just got so infused with faith that i launched into that year and it was a phenomenal year for us praise god but see the word continues to come forth it's always a preceding word the next move of god will not look like yesteryear's move of god you may have some similarities yes but there will be fresh and new things that god will do can you say yes Tonight, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. It's real close by. Just move over to the right just a little bit. We're going to be tonight in Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Praise the Lord. Do you believe God will speak to you tonight? I believe He will too. I believe God's going to make you laugh. God's going to make you happy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 45, again. Now, he's saying again because... Here we go with another parable. Ooh, I like it. I like it so much. Look at verse 53 just for a second. It says, uh, excuse me, yeah, verse 53. Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. Jesus just wrapped up eight parables in a row. I mean, he was firing these things off like a machine gun. Parables flying out of him. And I want to talk tonight about the parable of the pearl. Ooh, A great price. I feel so happy in my spirit just saying it tonight. But I want you to understand as we go into this a little bit about the nature of Jesus and why he gave parables and what his intention was of sharing these parables. Here in verse 45, it says, again, the kingdom of heaven. Now, first of all, I want you to understand Matthew, the gospel writer, uses the phrase kingdom of heaven over and over and over again he does throw in the expression kingdom of god a little bit but mainly he is a kingdom of heaven guy when you read the gospels of particularly math excuse me mark and luke they prefer to use the phrase kingdom of god please understand from a theological perspective that both of them are the same there's not really any difference there there they are basically both the same you can interchangeably use them Flip them around, Matthew actually does that at times. So, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. What is this? This, my friends, is a parable. Jesus, in the context of his preaching here, has already taught the parable of the sower. He followed that with the parable of the mustard seed. You know, the little bitty tiny mustard seed? Then he went on to the parable of the leaven. He didn't stop there, but launched right into the tares of the field parable. And then the one right before the pearl was the parable of the treasure hidden in a field. I like that too. Then, of course, here tonight, we're going to look at what's known as the great pearl of, of tremendous value and price, followed by the parable of the dragnet. And all in all, in his ministry teaching, he taught, 35 parables that we know of. One of my favorite ones is the parable of the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18, which is a parable about prayer. But here tonight, we are going to briefly look at this parable of the pearl of great price in the context of what God has already predetermined will manifest in your life in the year of 2018. Praise God. Glory to God. Now, A parable is a very short story that has within it a hidden meaning. It's not a literal story where in the sense this actually happened. It is a story that is created to reveal a hidden meaning. And the reason it's a parable is because a parable grabs your attention because of the unique and sometimes even strange content of the story. What this will do, in essence, is after the parable is told, it leaves your mind asking questions. That's the whole purpose of why the Lord taught parables, to get you to think. Ah, what did he mean by that? Get you to think. It gets you to think. So, many times in the right context, a parable can be more effective than direct, blunt, truth, okay? Because if you just shoot that truth straight at somebody, they're just like, well, how do I know? But if you give it in a parable, now they have to unpackage it, now they have to unravel it, now they're beginning to think about it, and now they begin to see, okay, I can begin to understand what he is talking about, and your mind will appreciate it more. Now, what a parable will lead you to, eventually, at the conclusion of its meaning, is a choice. You are going to have to make a decision about what he just said. And as it begins to be unpacked by your mind and your understanding, you're left with, oh, what am I going to do about this? Wow, praise the Lord. So, are you ready to hear the parable of the Lord tonight? Praise the Lord. Any parable, even the parable of of the sower, which would be the granddaddy of all the parables. Any parable, despite its initial perhaps perplexity, if you lean into it, the Holy Spirit will begin to teach you what it's all about. And any humble and hungry heart can understand it. Man, woman, even child could understand the parables and the nature of the Lord Jesus. Actually, even the Pharisees, when the Lord Jesus taught the parable about the murdered son, uh, the, the young boy that took care of his father's estate and how the workers killed him and murdered him, the Pharisees, when Jesus was teaching the story, the Pharisees were like, hey, wait a minute, he's talking about us. And the Bible actually says in, uh, that when Jesus finished that parable, that they knew that he was talking about them. They had murder in their heart. They were already planning on how they could kill him. Wow. So, you don't have to be like spiritually deep because they weren't. <laughs> but they had enough sense like, oh, man, he's aiming that right at us. So, as it says in Matthew thirteen nine, Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Are you ready to hear about the parable of the pearl? A great price. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a merchant, say a merchant, seeking beautiful pearls. How many of you ladies can say amen on that? Praise God. Who, when he had, (laughs) amen, who, when he had such a wonderful response, maybe some of you husbands should go shopping after the service. You know what to look for. Praise God. Who, uh, somebody now is bringing up diamonds. Hallelujah. I better move on before we hit the rubies and sapphires as well. Who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Praise God. First of all tonight, let's cover the literal meaning of this. Parables can have several meanings, but there is a key meaning that is most heavily implied. This would be the evangelical, uh, biblical study, seminary-type approach, uh, correct interpretation. Can we cover that one real quick? Because that one is beautiful. Mainly, Jesus is the merchant. Jesus is the merchant seeking beautiful pearls. You are that beautiful pearl. And when he found one See, he would have gone to the cross just for you. If you were the only one, even living in the future, no matter what time frame you would have lived in, he'd have done it all just for you, okay? It says he went and sold all that he had. He left everything. Look, watch this. God, the second person of the Godhead, leaves heaven, leaves ivory palaces, leaves streets of gold, leaves a sinless atmosphere, and comes down here, and lays down his God power, lays it all down, and gets spit on, gets hit in the head with a rod, gets crucified, and has all of these things done to him. He le- look, look, he left all of that and came down to here. See, he sold everything. Do you see it? He gave it all up so that he could buy the pearl. You're the pearl. He paid for you with his own blood. Hallelujah. You are the precious gem in His hand. Praise God. You are, in a sense, His beautiful pearl. Now, here's what's amazing. Unlike other gems, such as diamonds and rubies and uh, all of these other beautiful things that are out there, pearls are produced by a living organism, such as an oyster or maybe even a clam. How many of you are not kosher and you like, you like these types of things? You know, it reminds me of when the Apostle Peter and the Apostle John finally finished their ministry on earth and they went to heaven. And the Apostle Peter, arriving at, at, at the gate, realized that the whole gate was made of a pearl. And he said, John, beloved John, he said, that is one big pearl. And John said, yes. He said, you can only imagine how big the oyster was. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> just think if you like to eat oysters, what you can have on your table when you get to heaven. Mmm. Some of you like scallops. Mmm. Some of you like scallops and oysters wrapped in bacon. Wow, can you imagine how big the pigs must be in heaven? Praise God. Mmm. Praise the Lord. Well, now, the process of a pearl begins with an irritant. The irritant that comes into the shell can literally be one single piece of sand, one grain of sand. It could be also an invading parasite that's microscopically small. But whether it's a little tiny grain of sand or something else that somehow got in there that wasn't supposed to get in there, what happens is when that irritant comes in, the oyster begins to protect itself by excreting a layer over that irritant, and that layer is called nacre. Sometimes we know it simply as mother of pearl. And therefore, the oyster, through pain and suffering over a period of time, begins to form out of that irritant an object of great beauty. The irritant is actually changed into a gem, a pearl, great worth. And so in a similar way, we as an irritant, as a, even a parasite due to our sinful nature, God loved us so much that He sent Jesus to die for us that as we put our faith and trust in Him, the blood of Jesus would cleanse and cover over us, just like the naker coming over the irritant, and gradually we have been made beautiful by the grace of the Lord. The change is instantaneous as we're born again, but God begins to work on character. God begins to work on content, and when He's all done, look what the Lord has made. Praise God. How many of you like what God has done? So you can see what the kingdom of heaven is all about how much God really loves you and I. The truth, the 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 extent of what He went to to purchase us and buy us and make us His own. But just like so many other things in the Word of God, they are there are layers. One theologian said that within every Scripture there are seven layers of truth. I had an older friend who is now in heaven, Dr. Wade Taylor. And I could have Bible studies with Wade at his house. He and I would talk, sometimes stay up till two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, He'd literally just fall asleep right there in the, in the Lazy Boy recliner. And uh, we just, you know, wake up later, get picked right back up where we left off at. But uh, we, we would talk, we could literally, he and I could look at one scripture and I could look at the scripture and say, this is the, standard evangelical interpretation. He would look at it and get something totally different. I would get the literal. He would pull the spiritual. And so today, one of the reasons I also pulled the spiritual is because that began to rub off on me. I began to see, ah, yes, I see what the Lord's saying, but I also see that this parable has another aspect that can come and just hit you with the full force of the truth. Can you say yes? Yes. And so, from a prophetic perspective, going into the new year, I want to share this, this with you. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. All right, let's go prophetic interpretation. You're the merchant this time. Jesus has already been the merchant. This time, you're going to change shoes. This time, you are the merchant, okay, seeking Beautiful pearls. I want, you, I want you to see yourself tonight in this new year seeking a beautiful pearl. Perhaps you start at your neighbor's garage sale. And you see all different things. I I know people look for different stuff. People are still looking for another copy of the lost constitution. They say they're worth millions and millions of dollars. Well, there were only, I think, seven printed uh, or or handwritten out. And they've discovered two of them. And now that it's probably 240 years old, I I wouldn't count on finding the other five. Praise the Lord. But nevertheless, you could be looking for costly pearls. Praise God. So you begin to search. You begin the search, and you don't find it. You don't find it at the garage sale. You go, you hear there's a big garage sale down in Charlotte. And so you go down there, and you look, nope, not there too. And then you go to Texas, and then you go here. You go to Seattle. You go to New York, and you're you're looking for your pearl. And you just say, you know what? It might not be here. So you get on a plane, and you travel to the Middle East. And you hear that Dubai has a good reputation. You look there. You don't find it. You go to India. You look there. You don't find it. You travel throughout Europe, and you don't find it. And you come back home, you, you come back home, and you're still looking, and you're still looking. And finally, you find it at the pawn shop right down the street. How about that? Isn't that amazing? The guy didn't even know he had it, and you find it. My goodness. But here's the thing. You search, and you search, and you find it. And upon finding it, what you have to do in order to obtain it is you have to go and sell all that you have in order to buy it. Now, what is your pearl of great price? It's the destiny calling that God has on your life in this now season of what He wants to bring forth in your life right now. That's why you must be keen to the preceding word of the Lord, what God wants to manifest in your life now. Now. There are some things maybe you thought 20 years out. God says now. Now. Let that soak in for a moment. There are some things you think they are so amazing that maybe the only way God could do it is 50 years from now, just before you die, maybe, maybe God, at the ultimate exertion of His strength, maybe He could bring it in. Maybe. (laughs) What if He says now? What if He says by the time the year ends of 2018, you you will have that great pearl? See, some of you, I don't know if I want to hear that preceding word. (laughs) Mm. Well, let's talk about it tonight. Can we talk about it? Your pearl of great price is the destiny calling and manifestation of what God wants to do in this now season of your life. Hmm. Praise God. See, maybe you're a scientist, but you don't want to just be a scientist in a sense where you punch the clock, go in, go to work, and you're done, and you're glad for weekends, and that's, that's all there is to it. No, maybe you sense that God has a destiny calling on your life to solve an incurable disease, that you really do believe that God could give you the formula to be a blessing to humanity. I'll never forget the time that I had such a severe case of poison oak that my skin, now what, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating this, my skin swole to out to here. It looked like I had elephantitis. And I I just scratched and itched. And as you know with poison oak, you can scratch, one guy said he scratched so much he got uh, steel wool and scratched. But the problem is, is that the oil from poison oak, poison ivy, it goes beneath your skin. It's just like a tattoo. So you can scratch all you want. It won't go away. And so I had poison oak so severe. This was maybe about, uh, you know, almost 20 years ago. I had it so severe, I was in so much pain, so much pain on both arms, all over, all over. And I was in agony. And so I got on the internet and found a very fledgling company that had a product that promised to get rid of your poison oak, watch this, in one minute. Not treat it, not calmanol or something that you know, not powder, you know you just suffer but you're, you got the three week cycle. No. It promised to get rid of it in one minute. And the only way you could buy it was to buy it, it was very expensive, and have it shipped overnight. That was their only option. You couldn't buy it and say, well, I'll wait five days. But see, what they realized is everybody's in torment. Everybody is happy to pay overnight. And I was so desperate, I said, I'm going to get this, and I'm going to try it. But I, I don't see how in the world this could get rid of it in one minute. Well, it arrived the next day, overnight shipment came in. I took it, and I did exactly what it said, and in a minute, all the oil was gone. I said, oh, my Lord, it's gone. Skin begins to go down, and it was, I gave it one more treatment about two hours later just to make sure there was no residual way down in there, and it was gone, and today it's a global company. It's all over the world. Today, that product you can get in any pharmacy in America and almost in the world It's absolutely amazing. It's on every shelf, uh, uh, in every Walmart. Not on every shelf, but every Walmart will have it. Every pharmacy will have it. Well, 20 years back, when this was still new, I was so excited that uh, I I got on the phone and called the company. And I said, I "I just want to speak to somebody, and I just want to uh, thank this company for this amazing product. And the lady that I called was like in a... uh, like in a room, she said, well, that's so interesting that you called. She said, the, the developer, the owner, the CEO of the company is walking by right now. I said, please stop him. I want to thank him personally. And um, I said, sir, I said, I want to say thank you for this amazing product. It's like a miracle uh, that you could actually get rid of poison oak within like 30 seconds. It's gone. He said, well, he said, I have to give the glory to God. How about that? He said, I'm a chemist. And he said, God gave me the formula to unlock what's called arushiol oil. That's what's in poison oak, poison ivy, and all these yucky things. He said, God gave me the formula to get it out instantly of anybody's body. I said, could you, I said, I'm I'm a minister. I said, could you explain to me how God spoke to you and told you how to do this? He said, yes. He said, I was at my house. Remember, I have a chemistry background. I'm a chemist. I was at my house. And I was sitting on the toilet in a very relaxed state. And suddenly it dropped into my spirit from heaven. The code, the chemical formula, the chemical formula. And God gave it to me. I took it to the laboratory, developed it, and found out it works. And today, today, I'm a multimillionaire, and I just wrote the check to pay off my pastor's church. Praise God. How about that? How about that? Destiny calling. Not, see, not just a chemist, a chemist with a destiny assignment. You see the difference. Somebody is going to get their assignment, their portal a great price this year. Praise God. Not just an engineer, but an architectural engineer that says, let's build a better building that can withstand earthquakes, that can be more energy efficient. I'm not just in to get a paycheck. Come on, let's do something. Let's do something that glorifies God and leaves a mark on culture and humanity and makes the world a better place, and through this, God will be glorified. An inventor who's just, you know, not looking for something, just maybe he can get, get some kind of invention to make some money, but uh, that has a heart that says, I want to make the world a better place for people so that God may be glorified. And you have something that uh, somebody like uh, a, a Thomas Edison, you know, who develops the light bulb. And so now we can all be here tonight and not sit around in the dark because the sun went down at 530. (laughs) We can keep the meeting going, right? And all these other things such as electricity and so forth. But a destiny assignment, whatever your career field is, whether it's science, engineering, military, whatever it is, military, you're just like, you know what? God's got something uh, in my destiny. I'm not destined to be a private for the rest of my life. There's something, there's a pearl, a great price on the inside of me. Why do I have a desire to try out for special forces? Hmm. See, why do I have a desire to maybe join the CIA? You know, maybe I would make a really good spy. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What is that? You're starting to discover there's a pearl of great price in you. And you're the merchant. And you're hunting for it. And you're going to find it. And I believe by God's grace, you're going to bring it forth in 2018. What about ministry? What what if you're in ministry and you say, you know what? It's it's great to do the work of the ministry, but I I want to do something also in a sense special. And so you have the preceding word that directs you and guides you. And you had a man like uh, Paul Crouch who heard a preceding word come out of the mouth of the Lord. And it said one word. One word satellite at a time when this was all new technology and he realized God wants his word broadcast around the world through the medium of satellite so he raises up a network and although he's gone the work continues souls are still being saved you had a man like or roberts who had a dynamic healing ministry a global healing ministry but yet he says, Lord, I think there's something more. Is there, a, is there another pearl in there? Is there a pearl of great price? And God revealed there is. There's a whole university on the inside of you. How about that? In the middle of prairie land, where was nothing but sage, brush, and dust, now stands a university while he has gone on to his reward in heaven. His reward continues to be accumulated. Because people are still graduating, men and women are still being raised up and being sent out to touch the four corners of the earth as spirit-filled businessmen, businesswomen, and believers. Praise God. What is your pearl of great price? It's that thing deep inside of you that's your core destiny calling. Are you hearing me tonight? It's the thing that when you feel discouraged... When you feel flattened by the difficulties of life, when the winds of adversity blow against everything that you try to do, and the devil tries to push doubt and uh, peddle unbelief, and you you feel weak, and God reminds you with a whisper, and he gives you that glimpse, it's that thing that gets you back up that says, oh, I have this crazy idea that God's going to do this, I'm not going to give up, and there's nothing else that will do that. But the moment you touch that, it's sacred. that only God can put that in you, and it will never go away. It will never go away. And that is the thing that God wants to bring out of you. I remember, I, I, I left a meeting one time, very discouraged. I felt the pastor, I felt the pastor really kind of uh, did some things out of envy, I, I thought. I couldn't even really figure out. Why he did the thing to me that he did. I, I, I But it hurt my feelings. And uh, most of the churches I've gone to and ministered, they're wonderful. And things, things are glorious and, and wonderful. But this pastor, I mean, God moved in the service. And the more God moved, I, th- I think the worse he, the pastor treated me. It didn't make any sense. And he was happy that when I left, despite all the wonderful things that took place. And I just said, Lord, I don't know why he did that to me. And I was so, I was so sad. I was so discouraged. I sat in the motor home. I actually felt like crying. I, I felt so sad. And, and my cell phone rang. Woo. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. And there was a man on the line. He said, is this Apostle Stephen Brooks? I wanted to say no. He's taking a break right now. He's about to have a breakdown. <laughs> I said, I said, this is Brother Brooks. He said, this is Apostle so-and-so from Dallas, Texas. He said, you don't know me, and I don't know you. God just gave me your phone number. I've never spoken to you in my life before, but God called me to call you and to tell you that this is what he's going to do for you. And he told me what God is going to do. And I, I tell you what, I went from flat. I wasn't just flat. I was on the negative end to just going through the roof, going through the roof. Going to the roof, and that one thing God has followed me for years. That one thing has followed me for years. See, what is that? That's the pearl of great price. And it's, it's, it's in every one of you. It's different, but it's in every single one of you. It's that thing will get you, that will get you up, that if you just keep going, God says, I'll do this for you. Mm, hallelujah. Okay, 2018 is the year of your pearl of great price. Hallelujah. I don't even know how to title the message. 2018, the year of the great pearl. We'll get it figured out. We'll put something on the YouTube channel, okay? But this is your year of that great pearl coming forth. Coming, I, I know you thought it was 22 years from now. Something is going to happen this year. That's pretty wild, actually. That's pretty wild. That's a pretty wild thing. I think some of you, either you had written it off or you just thought, you know what? It's so far out. Why even paying attention to it? I actually believe that if you would dare to believe the Lord, it will come forth this year. Praise God. Praise God. This is your core destiny. It's your uniqueness. It's your personal stamp that God has intended you to bless humanity with. Nobody ever could do what you're going to do, this unique, special thing. Hallelujah. I'm not saying you're going to be the first person on Mars. Okay. I don't know who's going to put their foot on the planet first. But I do know that there's something inside of you that nobody else can do what you do. Hallelujah. And as this comes forth, it is going to be a great, great blessing to many, many people. Okay, so here's what you need to know tonight. Six things that you need to know for 2018 in order to obtain your pearl of great price. Are you ready? Maybe I can stretch them out so we can talk about them slowly all the way to midnight. No, that's too long. That's too long. That's too long. Praise God. I'll work my way through them, and we'll just end wherever we end. How about that? Praise the Lord. Here's what you need to know about obtaining your pearl of great price. Number one, it will require your full commitment. And if you're not willing to make that tonight, you will not see your pearl. I'm not trying to be the the naughty messenger boy trying to discourage you. I'm just trying to be real with you. If you're not willing to make a full commitment, you will not only not see it this year, I don't know if you're ever going to see it. Why? Because of the nature of the parable. Look, when this guy found it and realized it, that's mine. That's, that, that, that's, I've been looking all over the world for this. I've been looking for decades with this. This is what he did. He went and sold all that he had and bought it. And if you're not willing to completely sell out to God's plan for your life and God's call for your life then you cannot have that high calling. You cannot have the fulfillment of that destiny. Matthew 16:24 Jesus said, "If you want to come after me, this all you have to do, deny yourself. Take up your cross. Lord, can't we substitute something besides the cross? Maybe like a bag of candy. You know, we do need some energy for this long walk. You know, maybe instead of the cross, maybe like Gatorade. Can we put something else in there? No. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Come on. Follow me. Wow. Let's do this together. Let's see the fulfillment of your highest calling in me. That's what the Lord is saying. Mm. So you may... Now I'm not saying tomorrow. Oh, I'm so fired up, Pastor Stephen. Tomorrow morning, it's garage sale time. I'm unloading everything because tomorrow I'm removing. I'm moving to the Republic of Congo. (laughs) Follow the preceding word. Follow the preceding word. See what I'm saying? If he doesn't say that, that you don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. But you're going to have to push. You're going to have to push. Hallelujah! Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things. And when you're pushing after destiny calling, you're probably going to have to lay down the Sony PlayStation. Well, Pastor Steve, I'm 42 years old. I have a right to play it. And after all, the games are getting better and better all the time. Well, I know that. But do you want that or do you want your destiny? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hmm. Hmm. Paul said, I put the childish things away. I don't have time anymore to do some of these things. Not that there's anything wrong, not that I would even like to, but it doesn't fit in with my assignment. It would interrupt it, and I cannot do what God has called me to do if I'm over here tinkering around with all this other stuff. Number one, it will require your full, your full commitment. If you're willing to do that and engage and lock in, you are a lot further along to seeing it manifest than what you even realize. Hallelujah. Praise God tonight. Number two is something that I've proven, and I know will work for you. Number two, in order to manifest the pearl of great price in your life for 2018, you must be willing to walk the bleachers. Hallelujah. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Years back, years back, I began to get a little bit of an inkling in my life that God not only has a ministry for me, but somehow by his grace, which goes beyond my understanding, I don't know why he would do it. It's my grace. It's not some of my works or effort or any of my doing. Somehow, I'm beginning to get a glimpse that God has not just a ministry for me, but it's not only a national ministry, but it's actually an international ministry. And that I'm going to be called to the nations. And I got a glimpse of the pearl. It was really, at that season of my life, it was the pearl of great price that God wanted to begin to come forth in my life. And so, what would begin to come over me on every Sunday it would start to hit me around by, right, 5.30 in the evening. By 6 o'clock, it was almost unbearable. Go to the baseball area, there's nobody there, and walk the bleachers and pray in the Spirit and pray out your destiny concerning this pearl. Now, at this time in my life, 2018, the pearl, that pearl has been manifested. But at that time in my life, I mean, that was just like the ultimate pearl. I couldn't see anything beyond that. That was something that was like a dream for me. I had no idea how God could do it, but I would go out on Sunday evenings from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock and do nothing but walk on those bleachers and pray in the Spirit. No, No goosebumps. No like... Uh, angel coming down with a baseball hat saying, we see everything that you're doing, and I'm journaling everything. We're actually standing on the bases invisible, but you can't see it. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Just a burning in me. Walk the bleachers, pray in the spirit, and visualize Visualize yourself going to the nations, going to the nations, going to the nations. And so I began to do that. I began to do that. And I remember that that I was invited to share my testimony at a little bitty diner, uh, uh, my, my testimony of how God had worked in my life at the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, one of these little chapters at a little luncheon. And I shared, I, I shared my testimony. It took about 20 minutes. So I sat down, and I got ready to eat my mashed potatoes and gravy. And a lady sitting a few seats over, she said, she said, Brother Stephen, you're going to be on television very soon. I swallowed my mashed potatoes and gravy, and I said, praise God, that's good. And I thought, I don't see how. I don't know how, but I believe that that'd be all right, praise God. And within two weeks, I was on the set of TBN, and they were interviewing me about my testimony. And it went all over the world, it went all over the world. And so a phone call came in, Pastor Brooks, you must come to the nation of Uganda, and you must come and minister the gospel here. And so, it began to to roll. And the more I prayed into it, the more it began to open up. Nation after nation after nation after nation after nation. But you must be willing to bring the pearl of great price into your life by walking the bleachers. Will you do that? I got a silent yes over here. (laughs) Hallelujah. I I know the parable that makes you think. It makes you think. (laughs) I I can feel the power of the gears turning. Hmm. Yes, but you you have to be willing to do that in order for the pearl to come forth Mm, in your life. Pray out your destiny. Pray out your destiny, and you'll see it. You'll see that thing in your spirit. Yes, God, you're going to do it. God, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And the more you pray into it, the greater and the faster and the more glorious it will manifest in your life. Mm. In ways that only God can receive the glory for, because they are all His doing. Okay, so number one, in order to bring forth the pearl of great price in your life this year, your destiny calling for this season, number one, full commitment. Number two, walk the bleachers. Can you say yes? Number three, please do not spread yourself too thin. Praise God. What happens is when you try to do all of these things, even things that God hasn't called you to do, maybe some things that are good things, but it's not the main thing you're supposed to focus on. What happens is that you become the proverbial jack of all trades, master of none. You kind of, yeah, I can do all that. I can do all that. Uh, it's kind of like you're never the master mechanic. You're the shade tree mechanic because uh, you can do a little tinkering around with that and you could do a little of this and you could do a little of that. And God's just trying to say, over here. Stay on task. Master, what I've called you to do. But sometimes people drift. It's not happening fast enough. I don't see it. I don't know if God's doing it. And so we begin to drift into all kinds of things instead of staying focused and really extracting that anointing on what God wants us to do. Now, notice here in verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. Okay. In context... This guy is a pearl merchant. He is a professional jeweler. He probably also has a a section in his department store where you could also buy the latest Rolex watch model. Over here, he has a display for diamond rings for those that are getting engaged. So this is a guy that is very, very developed as a man of mercantile or a woman who is a merchant. He's not trying to be a fireman. Well, I've always wanted to be a, pa- a fireman, Pastor Stephen. You know, I just, something about the red trucks and the sirens. I, 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 I know I can't, I'm not called to do it, but I just, I like it. Well, if, if that's your calling, you need to move towards that. But if you've tr- you got your finger at all kinds of different things, you're never going to master what, what, you're, what you're called to do. Praise God. It reminds me of, fr- of a friend of mine. Today, he has a global, global television ministry. That at any moment is reaching over 1 billion people, potential viewing audience. But he talked to me about when he was just starting out with this vision of a television ministry and had a little bitty office. And he thought, you know what? It would be good for me to go to the broadcasters, television broadcasters trade show in Las Vegas, so I can just rub shoulders and, you know, see the best equipment and kind of get a feel for the tools of the trade and, you know, just get my feet wet. And so he flew from his nation all the way to our nation, went to Las Vegas, and he's, uh, he's kind of like hobnobbing, and he's, he's kind of like uh, new to all of this, and he likes it, but he's not really like just locked in where this is who I am and what God's called me to be. So he found himself bumping into a famous movie producer who happened to be walking the trade show floor. And he's like, oh, you know, you're so-and-so. And <clears throat> the man said, yes, that's yes, I produced those movies and so forth. And uh, so um, the producer, this great producer, asked my friend a certain question that in the media lingo language, anybody that's deep into it would understand that terminology. And my friend said, I don't understand what you're talking about. And he said, that man looked at me and said, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, what are you even doing here? He said, that hit me so hard that I went back to my hotel room and said, am I really going to do this? I believe this is the pearl that God has given to me. But in order to do this, am I going to still try to do all this stuff or am I going to focus on the main thing and master this? He mastered it. That's the thing. But sometimes you have those wake-up moments and it almost hurts your feelings. She said, You know what? She said, Stephen, that when that guy said that, that hurt my feelings, but it also woke me up. It woke me up, praise God. And he has gone on to be a good steward with what God has called him to. See, if you spread yourself too thin and you're trying to do all kinds of stuff instead of the main thing that God has called you to, you will never master the culture or the ecosystem that you're called to function in. Hmm. Think about that for a moment. If you work for the FBI, they have their own culture. They, you, you, you're almost like you're in a family. If you're in CIA, secret service, own culture if you're in that you know each other you embrace your other each other you are brothers in that society if you're a fireman you are you are belong to a society of firemen if you're in ministry there is a ministry lingo and once you get in it full time and get your feet wet you really realize you, it's not, not only do you want to live right to honor the Lord, you realize everybody knows everybody. And you may think that minister pastors a church of 20 people. He's just a hillbilly preacher, but yet he knows everybody. He knows that man on television. He knows everybody, and if you go to his church and treat him wrong, it's amazing how everything is linked, and there's a reputation. See, in your culture where you're at, there is its own ecosystem, and if you don't fully commit to your calling in that area, you'll never learn the master that. You won't learn the language. You won't, you won't know the style, And it, but see, if you get really good, you'll actually develop a sixth sense. You'll know what to say in that. You'll know what not to say. You'll know how to conduct yourself. Why? That's your ecosystem that you live in. That's your bubble, praise God, that you master. And you must learn that because when they call for Joseph to come out of prison, the first thing they did before he ever came to Pharaoh, change your clothes. Well, hey, I ain't changing my clothes. I'm into the rough cut look. I mean, I like it that I'm kind of looking macho, you know, shirt shredded, muscles bulging. I like that. Well, no, 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 no. You're going before the Pharaoh. He don't want to see you like that with your shirt all tore up and, well, hey, I like cutting my pants at the knees. That's the way we do it in the prison ghetto, brother. Well, hey, but that don't fly, though, with those guys. No, no, you can't go in there looking like that. Ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do, then your pearl ain't ever gonna be found, brother. Praise God. Now, if you're called into the skateboard culture, if you're called into the mosh pit, if you're called into areas where that is the ecosystem, you're good to go. Enjoy yourself. Push the limit. Hallelujah. But you have to understand, you have to understand culture, ecosystem. And, th- and then they said, shave. They had Joseph shave because the Egyptians detested beards. Ain't nobody going to tell me to shave. I like like this. This tells people I'm a man. (laughs) Well, look, every few years, fashion changes. Right now, beards are in. But there was a time bell-bottoms were in. I think they're coming back. I don't know. We'll have to just endure it and bear it. Hallelujah. It's not a sign of the Great Tribulation, but it is a weird sign. But... But beards right now are really in, but they haven't always been in. Ten years ago, nobody was wearing a beard. But today, uh, basketball players, football players, uh, even, even sometimes business people in the business realm, they've got a beard. It's the cool thing right now. But it wasn't cool with Pharaoh. And they said, shave. See, that's what wisdom is, in a sense. Wisdom is the ability to recognize difference. Recognize you're in a different ecosystem. Well, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Look, we're not trying to break your uniqueness, and we're not trying to make you a clone. We're just trying to say, when you come into their system, they're different. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. Oh, you'll never fit in, and you're going to lose favor. And if you lose the favor, they'll never listen to you. I don't care if you've got the solution. You're doomed from the start. Hmm. You can't do everything. God doesn't expect you to do everything. All you have to do is do what God called you to do and stay on task. Let the major be the major. Don't jump on the minors. Can you say yes? Number four, thing that you need to know in order to obtain this year. I mean, think about the potential of this. This thing actually being manifested in your life this year is phenomenal. Number four, you must. I'm preaching a prophetic message. You must be open to travel. Now, Pastor Stephen, I, I know that's not in the scriptures. No, you've gotten too far off for me. What do merchants do in order to get their goods? When you go to Trader Joe's, where do they get all that stuff at? Oh, they got it from the guy with the garden out in the backyard. No, no, no. They went all over the world to gather those things. When you go to the world market, where do they get all of that? They have international buyers and sellers going all over the planet, sourcing what people want here. When you go in the Michaels, where did they get all of that? They got it from all over the world. Anywhere they can find it, they'll go and they'll get it. Why? People want it. Hallelujah. You must be willing to follow the example of the merchant because from a prophetic perspective, you are the merchant. You are the merchant. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking. The word seeking implies travel. It implies travel. Be open to the Holy Spirit Leading you to travel this year. If you want to see the manifestation of your pearl of great price. Pastor Stephen, I'm afraid of planes. I'm afraid I get on that plane. We're going to die. We're going to die. You know, I I don't know. Maybe just get a sleeping pill and sleep the whole time on the plane. But get on the plane. You know, just... Get an iPad, watch a movie the whole time. Don't even look out the window. Just tell yourself, I'm just at my house. I'm just watching a movie. Everything's fine. There are ways to get around these things. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you're going to have to be open the, this year to travel, and I don't know all the ins and outs of that. I just know God said this is in the parable. This is in your prophetic year. You need to be opening uh, to. You need to be open to prophetic travel, even perhaps out of the country. In order to find your pearl, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah. It could be on the other side of the country, but be open to travel. Glory to God. One of the price tags for greatness in your life, and by the way, anybody that manifests their pearl of great price, that is an attribute of greatness in the eyes of God. It shows passion, it shows discipline, it shows focus, shows many of the qualities of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to understand, to do great things in life, one of the price tags is Exposure. Exposure sometimes literally means travel. Get out of the little pond and go to the lake. If you need to get more exposure, go to the Great Lakes. If you need to, go to the oceans. But the more exposure you have and you see how God works and you see the great things that God does, it will inspire you to do great things as well. So you will probably need to travel somehow, some way this year. I already know for my wife and I, there are international travels that are on the prophetic calendar. Can you say yes? Are you willing to travel this year? Praise God. Hallelujah. Number five, thing that's needed in order for you to obtain the pearl of great price, your high destiny, is that you must be willing to serve with excellence. We're talking about the industry of the merchant, merchandise, merchandising, buying and selling of goods, transaction, commerce, money being exchanged. So much of it depends on serving with excellence. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant. A merchant is in business to make a profit, but so much of the profit is related to your level of serving. The better you get at serving, the closer and closer you will be to the manifestation of, the, of your great calling, of the pearl of great price. What's the difference? What's the difference between checking into the Ritz Carlton and the Thunderbird Motel on the other side of town? On the wrong side of the tracks. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's easy. It's the bed sheets. Now, if you go to the nice uh, Ritz-Carlton, they have Egyptian linen, and it has a high thread count—a 400 threads per count. And if you go to the Thunderbird, the sheets are a little bit thin and a little roughed up, and have some stains on them. And we don't know if they cleaned them between you and that last customer. But it's not just the sheets, Pastor Stephen, it's the shampoo. Because if you go to the nice hotel, they put real floral extracts into the shampoo, such as lavender and things like that, and it makes you feel good when you wash your hair. But if you go to to the Thunderbird, they give you the bar of lava soap, and it roughs you up, but you do come out clean at the end. But see, luxury is more than just a commodity. Luxury is more than just an... A feel-good experience luxury evolves around service because if you go to an area where there's luxury what are you expecting a much much higher level of service and you're paying for that and there should be a higher level of excellence you have to ask yourself this merchant that has the ability to buy this great pearl We can reverse engineer that. If he has the ability to buy it, it means he sold all of his stuff to get it. But it also means he obviously had a lot of stuff to liquidate. He had a vast supply. How did he get all of this stuff? So that if he does choose to sell so that he can get this, how did he have so much? He was a really good merchant because he served with excellence. And that's all it is. Buying and selling is serving people. It's really serving people. You can get really, really good at it. You can even sense, if you're in sales, you can sense the color of what that person really wants. They're trying to buy a blue one because the blue, only ones on the lot that are blue are cheap, but they really want a silver one. And you're picking up on that by the Holy Spirit. And you lead them over here, and they buy the silver one. And now they're happy, and now you've got a higher commission because that, that whatever that product was costs more. So it's just, it's just being led by the Spirit, and you serve with excellence. You're not just trying to make some money. You really want that person to be happy. You, you just you really say hey I'm not I just want don't want just want a customer I, I'm here to serve you and I'll be flat out honest with you that that's all ministry is it's serving 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 Pastor Stephen is glamorous standing before a camera you now get to put makeup on your face because you're streaming in 1080p and everything's just getting better Pastor Stephen it's just, it's just lights on you look it's serving serving, work. It's just another form of work. Work, work, work. And the more you serve people and you really love people and you care about people, people sense that. People sense that, and they will reciprocate that, and they will be a blessing to you. Praise God. Are you ready to serve at a greater level of excellence this year? Praise God. There is always a way to improve. We are always trying to improve the way that we respond, uh, whether it's emails. And we don't, in a sense, want to become super automated, although we do want to automate things to a better degree. But we always want to have the personal touch. Can you say yes? So we're always trying to improve in the area of serving. Number six. Are you ready for the last one? That way we can take a break and turn on the heater. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We turned it off so we wouldn't pick it up on the the audio. Number six, this is a key for you in order to manifest a pearl of great price this year in your life. Mm -mm. Understand that your pearl, the gift that God has placed on the inside of you, will make amazing room and expansion for you. Are you ready for this? We're going to go into the year of 2018. I want you to go to Proverbs 18 and see a very, very prophetic and timely Scripture. This is found in the book of Wisdom. This is the book of Proverbs. This is a proverb that I have always loved for many years. This is Proverbs 18, verse 16. If you're there, say yes. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The pearl, the great pearl of great price, of great value, your core calling, what God has on the radar for you in 2018 will make room for you. I need you to know tonight as I begin to conclude my message that there is a pearl on the inside of you somewhere waiting to be discovered and manifested. And you need to discover it, identify it, bring it forth, and exercise the gift, the unique God-given gift that He has given to you. Everybody has a pearl on the inside of them. Everybody. And you discover it through your identity in Christ. You can never fulfill your true calling in life without knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Praise God. But as you serve him and yield to him and live for him, the pearl is spotlighted on the inside of you by the Holy Spirit And you begin to bring it out and bring it into manifestation. The pearl, the gift that God has given you on the inside, I need to tell you right now, it's loaded. And it is super, super wealthy. It is a legitimate commodity. And you need to know that if you manifest it, it will bring you profit. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The pearl, the gift, is what you were designed by God to be known for. Hallelujah. Even before you were born, this was a touch, a calling. He gave to you an assignment to manifest this in your life. A man's gift, the pearl of great price, makes room for him and brings him before great men. Twelve years ago, a a fisherman was fishing off the coast of the Philippine Islands. He gets out in the water, quite a ways off from land, and he lets his anchor down, and he goes fishing. When he's completed his fishing, he says it's time to go back into the land. He begins to have the anchor pulled up, and the anchor won't move. It's stuck on something. Well he's also a very skilled diver. So, he dives all the way down to where the anchor's at and realizes that the anchor has gotten stuck somehow to a clam that is so big, he has never seen a clam like this before. He works and dislodges the anchor, has the anchor pulled up, but he decides, I think I'll keep the clam. This is a huge clam. Gets the clam all the way back on the ship, gets back to shore, gets back home, Opens up the clam and can't figure out what he's looking at. But he realizes he's looking at something that no eye has ever seen before. He's like, this looks like a giant pearl. He doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't understand the value of it. So, he takes it and shoves it underneath his bed for 10 years. How about that? With the clam next to it. How about that? He thinks, well, maybe it'll bring me some luck. Maybe it did. His house burned down after 10 years. Stayed underneath his bed for 10 years, and he went away one day, came back, found out his house burned down. Well, in the midst of sorting everything out and realize everything's burnt to the ground, the only thing that's left completely unscathed is the giant clam with the pearl on the inside of it. So in the midst of his house burning down, people discover that, hey, what's that? Well, let me open it up and show it to you. I don't, I don't really know what it is. And he opens it up, and Charles drop. And a, a man comes out from the tourist industry who, realized, who recognizes what it is and says, oh, my goodness. And it turns out to be the largest pearl ever discovered in the history of the world, valued at over $100 million. And now is a Philippine national treasure. My friends, there's a pearl on the inside of you, and it's, it's what God put in you. And inside of that, the extraction of it, the manifestation of it will bring you wealth, will cause you to stand before great men in your career field, great women in your career field. You'll meet people that you dreamed about meeting. Hallelujah. But it's up to you. To bring it out. That's your calling. Would you be wild enough to believe that God could actually help you to manifest it this year? Starting right now, you've got 365 days to do it. And I really believe I'm going to hear some crazy stories before this year is out. I really do believe that as you engage in these six principles and work these, that before the year is out, You will have bought up that sacred, special treasure, and you will say, this is the gift that God put in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd like for everybody to stand. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Isn't it amazing? If his house had not burned down, it would have remained hidden. But what is on the inside of you, God is going to help come out. It's going to bring it out. It could come out also through some things that could even be challenging situations that you face, but that anointing will arise in you. God will bring you out in the victory over and over and over again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you tonight that you have spoken to us that 2018 is the year of the manifestation of the pearl of great price in our lives that you are going to release empowerment for the manifestation of the pearl within your people, that that thing that touches the very core of who they are. Father, we thank you. They know what it is. You're, You're putting your finger on it right now by your spirit. Hallelujah. Father, we dare to believe that before the year is out, that by your grace, by your power, you can cause this thing to come forth. All for your glory. So, Father, right now we just choose to look to you, set our hearts on you, and ask that you would do this so that you might be glorified, so that people might say, look what the Lord has done. Father, we thank you for a breakthrough anointing coming upon us tonight. Breakthrough anointing. On everybody watching this, breakthrough anointing coming on you tonight well God's going to help you to break through God's going to help you to break through with an empowerment for many of you you'll be the first one ever in your family lineage to do this thing that's going to be done some of these things that you're going to break into it's it's like rarefied air people, some, sometimes people tell you it can't be done others may say ah, oh, you certainly couldn't do it. But no, be very careful also that you contain this. If you pour out the water of faith in areas where you're not supposed to pour it out on, you you extend, you extend extinguish some of the fire. So there, there are many people you could not even tell it to. But there are some perhaps the Lord could allow you to share it with. But I know who you could always share it with would be between you and the Lord as you talk about it. And you just tell the Lord, Lord, throughout this year. Lord, I really believe you're going to do it. Lord, I believe you can do it. Lord, I believe you're going to do it. And I trust you. I trust you. And as you walk it out, God will give you signs. God will give you confirmation. God will do wonders. God will bring people into your life to make it possible. And you'll see it happening. So please lift your hands as you're watching. Lift your hands, Father. We thank you. Let this word now be sealed in the heart of your people that you will give them the pearl of great price for their lives in their season. This is the now word. This is the now pearl. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your spiritual eyes. You may even want to close your natural eyes. Lift up your eyes unto the Lord. Lift up your hands. The Lord, show them. Let let that identification of that pearl be now revealed. Let the spotlight shine. Thank you. Thank you. Father, by your grace, we ask that you would do it. We thank you. Now. Here comes a wave of anointing. Lift your hands again. Here comes a wave of anointing. Breakthrough anointing. Come up on your people now, O God. Thank you, Father. Breakthrough anointing coming on you now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to do the impossible. Hallelujah. God is with you. God's going to speak to you through dreams. You will have experiences and encounters with the Lord. Where the Lord will walk with you. Hallelujah. The cloud of witnesses is now joining in, and they're saying, yes, you're supposed to do this. We even are cheering you on. Run! Run! For we also are with you. Hallelujah. Some of you through supernatural encounters will even have visions of redeemed saints that God will send to talk to you and encourage you and say, I'm here to help you on this assignment. The end time church is a church that understands There's only one church. The church in in the earth and the church in heaven are one. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Angels will help you. Encouragement and help will come from all sides. As heaven will move with you as you go. Pastor Stephen, what shall I do? You shall follow the, the preceding word that's coming to you. The preceding word is coming to you in the next few days. Lean in in prayer. Get up early and pray. Maybe in the middle of the night, you may feel that to get up and pray. Get up and pray. The preceding word, the word proceeded out of the mouth of God still is coming. It will come to you. He's still talking. The Lord talks more than anybody else I know. It's, it's coming. Hear the word. Hear the word. and He will tell you what you must do. Now, Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Say, this is the year of the pearl of great price, of my pearl being manifested to the glory of God. Amen. Now, let's sing a song of worship and thank you for a moment as Shireen leads us in worship. Just lift up your hearts to the Lord, surrender, praising. He's going to do it for you. I just want you to lean into his arms. Let him hold you. Let him support you. Let him love on you. Let him talk to you. Amen. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.